0: Thanks for joining us here at Faith Assembly for our weekly podcast. We're so excited you're tuning in this week. To learn more about our church, you can visit us online at myfaithassembly.org. Join us live at our 9 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5 p.m. services, or connect with us on Facebook. Genesis chapter three is where we're going to be taking a look as we wrap up this series entitled Make It Your Own. There's a most quoted statement that many adolescents have used and many adults have thought and the statement it is this it's not my fault i don't know if you've ever made use of that or have heard Those words, we're going to wrap up this series of making it your own, and our whole goal has been over the last couple weeks is to, uh, as we said, take the tags off of our spiritual walk with God, that we would allow this to become something personal in our lives, that we would go from being users of the things of God to taking a hold and becoming owners of the purpose that God has for us. Paul said it this way, forgetting what is behind and straining to what is ahead, to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus has taken hold of us. And over the last weeks, we've been identifying just some things that we need to uh, we need to identify or take a hold of or to address so that we might walk into the purpose that God has for us. That we might walk in the, the completion and, and the greater things that God would have in our lives. This morning I want to take a look at, at an, uh, an issue, a condition that many of us uh, have been through, have faced And I want to shed light on it today. I want us to have understanding, though, it's going to be a journey for us to continue to unpack and to continue to recognize and to continue to work through. In Genesis chapter 3, we are looking at Adam and Eve, the first man and woman created as God set things in motion through the very beginning. And in Genesis chapter 3, we're going to jump right into verse 8 and uh, just the interaction between God and Adam and Eve. God, of course, had given them a garden to live in. He provided everything for them. He said, this one thing to them, he said that you can have anything that you see, you can eat from any tree except from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Do not eat from that tree. There are two trees in the center, the one is the the, the tree of life. And that tree of life, you can eat from that tree and all the other trees. But the other tree that's in the center with that tree is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You're not supposed to eat of that tree. He establishes one rule is all that's needed. In order for something to, to become established, there needs to be at least one rule. If there's not a rule, then there's a free for all. And there's nothing that can really be established because there's no relationship if there's no boundary. And God could have put any boundary in place. He could have put all the laws, all the rules, and all the boundaries in place, but He gave one rule. Everybody say one rule. This one rule that he has, do not eat of this tree. But how many know we like kids that when you're told not to look, what do you do? You look. When you're told not to touch, what do you tend to do? You try to figure out how you can touch. Why? Because this is the nature in which we're in. Here's Adam and Eve. They did what they were not supposed to do. And when they did what they were not supposed to do, we pick it up in verse 8. So why don't we stand together? You can follow along on the screen or in your Bible or the Version Bible app as well. There's Notes that are there, but I want us to look at verse 8 of Genesis chapter 3. And here's what it says When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Who told you you were naked? The Lord God asked, Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? The man replied, It was the woman that you gave me who made me eat it. The Lord God asked the woman, What have you done? It was the serpent who deceived me, she replied. That's why I ate it. I just want to deal with this right off the bat. And just so we can get this this understanding, we know it's true, and it's already going to be in the room. I want you to find a trustworthy neighbor, someone that that you can trust, you can confide in. I want you to look at them right now and just tell them, it was my fault. Just tell them that right now. It was my fault. This is your moment. It was my fault. It was my fault. Some of you are going way too far with this. So now that this is there, this is, this is in the, the room, we need prayer. So come on, let's pray together. God, you are gracious, you're good. We thank you for your word that inspires, your word that illuminates. I pray that it would shine light upon our hearts today, God, that we might take hold of the greater things that you have for our lives. We ask this in Jesus' name, and if you agree with that prayer, would you just shout amen? amen. You may be seated this morning. I, um, I, I've, I've been in enough conversations with individuals, and some of them of my own, uh, but others folks as well, that I find it interesting that there are times in a conversation that words like this come up, things like, I know I have issues, but, I know that I'm part to blame, but, I know I'm not perfect, but that's my favorite one. Whenever someone finds the need to point out that they know they're not perfect, as if anybody thought they were, you know what I mean? Like, I I know I'm not perfect, but. And you know your purpose is not to prove that you're not perfect, because you know very well there's no one standing in line saying, you are perfect, you are perfect. I mean, there's nobody really claiming that we have everything together. We can have folks who think highly of us, but everybody knows there's no such thing as perfection. So we're not trying to prove that we're not perfect. What we're doing is we're setting up not to make a point about ourselves. We just want to make sure that though there's light to shed on us, we want to make sure more light is shed on someone else. I know I'm to blame, but it's easier in those places to make sure that we can take the pressure off of us by finding someone else to blame. Isn't it a lot easier to be able to say, well, I know that wasn't the right thing to do, but. I know, and even if we do sometimes acknowledge that it may not have been the right thing to do. I want to share just from this title this morning, no one to blame. No one to blame. That recognizing that there's no one to blame. Blame puts us in a place that when we try to find the cause as to what the problem is, that when we look for blame, we're not really dealing with the issue. We're just trying to find a reason to excuse our own behavior without really dealing with it with the real issue at hand. That the goal is not to find blame. It's not to find blame to fix the matter or to, or to address it in any way. When we look to find blame, it really just becomes something that we want the pressure to be taken off of ourselves and put on someone else, that we don't want to feel the weight of it. And so the best way to not feel the weight is to make sure we point it to someone else. You know very well that your grades would have been a lot better if that teacher would have been more fond of you and would not have taken Advantage of you. I mean, I know everybody else passed in the grade, but or passed in the class, but you had that thing against you. You, you know, you would have you, you would have done a lot better in, in uh, just your 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 financial situation if it weren't for the housing market. You know, if the crash wouldn't have occurred, if, if those things wouldn't have happened, the marriage would have been a lot stronger if it weren't for the person that you were married to. It's always easier to say I would have done better, but they were out for me. They had it against me. I just had things stacked against me. It would have been oh okay, I remember the first time I received a poor grade and I'm telling you the truth, the reason I had a poor grade is because the teacher did not teach well. At least that's what I told myself. You know, it's easy to tell yourself something that you can quickly believe because it's a lot easier to say, I have a reason for not doing what I could have done And to be able to pass the blame, to be able to push the blame in another direction. It would have been better in a different circumstance had had the things been in my favor that were, were easier to remove the light that would shine on us and to bring it to someone else. But I want us to come to a recognition today. To be able to say, not the percentage, not the amount, but to recognize today, I played a part in it. In fact, I hope that before we leave here today, you're willing and daring enough to walk away saying, I have to take ownership of what is mine. That I played a part in this. That if you're in relational tension, what part do you play? If you're in financial, uh, financial situation, what part did you play? If there's, if there's things that, that might be difficult and things that, that whether it be tension in relationships or, or, or circumstances and things, that we identify what part did we play. You see, because we don't really like to deal with the parts That we play, we'd rather just identify what's against us. Adam and Eve are put in the garden and they're given one rule. And their rule is this not to touch the tree of knowledge of good and evil. God establishes, and I know people would say, well, if God was so good and if he wanted to love on the world, protect the world, then why did he let the tree be there in the first place? Because God needed something to establish a relationship. If there's nothing to establish a relationship, then it becomes becomes robotic, it becomes demanded. What good is there to have relationship if there's no choosing? Because you have a choice is what makes it the ability for us to love on God or not to love God. It becomes our choice. The tree was there to establish a relationship between God and man. That a free choosing, a free will, that you have the choice. You have this one rule, not to touch the tree. Of course, they touched the tree. We we, we know the story. And because they did this, the Bible says that their eyes were open to their nakedness. Now, nothing had changed. They were naked when they started, before they ate of the fruit, and they were in the same condition. The only difference was guilt had now come into play. And because now they're feeling this weight of guilt, they're hiding and they hear the, 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 The presence of God, the breeze of God, the presence of God comes to walk among them because God created us to walk with Him. But instead of walking with God, the Bible says that they went to hiding. And they're hiding and while they're hiding, the Lord says, Adam, where are you? Now God is not playing a a trick here. He's not not lost. God is not saying, I can't figure out where to find these people because they're hiding in the garden that I made. I know where they are. The people I made are hiding in the place that I made. I think God knew where Adam was. It wasn't about God knowing where Adam was. God wanted Adam to know where he was. God wanted Adam to recognize where he was in the circumstance, in the situation. And he says to Adam, where are you? And Adam says, I'm hiding because I was afraid because I was naked. And God says, who told you you were naked? And then God says, did you eat of the tree that I told you not to eat? And Adam responded, he said, I did, and I take full responsibility for what I have done. I pray that you would help me to walk in righteousness and be restored to walking with you again. Some of you are laughing. I'm glad you're laughing because that's not what Adam said. It would have been the right thing for Adam to say, yes, Lord, I have done this. This is my responsibility. This is what I've done. But what does Adam do? And God says, did you eat of the fruit you weren't supposed to eat to? It's that woman you gave me notice he's not just blaming Eve. He's blaming God. God, it's your fault. You gave her to me. Lord, it's your fault. I mean, he is blaming God. And then, of course, God doesn't address it at that point. He just, he he reels, he hears what what Adam says. It's the woman that you gave me. She, She did it. And then God says to Eve, what have you done? And Eve says, it was the serpent. The serpent deceived me and then I ate because it's him. Both parties, one is blaming God and the other is blaming the devil. Doesn't matter how spiritual you try to make it, it's still an issue that doesn't get you anywhere. We can spiritualize how we are in the place of where, well, the devil, you know the devil. He's how you know the devil. Well, forget the devil. Do you know who your God is? Do you know who you are? Or have you lost your identity and your place and you're stuck in hiding? That we're stuck in a place of trying to, to blame or to find the reason and missing the opportunity to just acknowledge and say, this is the part that I play. This is the part of the matter, of the situation, that I played a part in this. This is the part that's going on in my life. If you blame, the longer you blame, you stay in a place of hiding. When we hide or when we are in blaming, the the longer that we stay hiding from our fault, the longer that we stay hindered from our future. The longer that you remain hiding from your fault is the longer you remain hindered from the future that God has for you. Until you own the part in that marriage that you need to own, you'll never have the marriage that God wants for you. Until you own the part that you need to have in that decision, you'll never walk in what God has for you. Until you own the part of what you have in that, in that uh, financial matter, you'll never be able to walk in what God has for you. You'll always be on the verge of what might be, but never walk in what could be, as long as you remain in a place of hiding in blame. Because blame is looking for a result. and I, I know that we can have excuses, and, and you can find an excuse. You can have an excuse, you you can easily say this is the reason why you did or did not do what you were supposed to do. This is an excuse. But your excuse only creates your opinion, but it becomes a whole different level and a layer whenever you start to say it's no longer excuse, but it's now blame. Because blame is what I can attach to a person. And I can hide behind that person. And as long as I hide behind that person, light doesn't need to shine on me. It needs to shine on God, the woman you gave me. What you did and the woman that you gave me, and the light goes there. And I'd rather keep the light shining on them than to deal with what needs to be shown on me. But would you agree with me today that you will never take hold of what God has for you until you take responsibility for what we need to take responsibility for, we're never going to take hold of what God has for us until we take responsibility for what we have to take responsibility for. That there's some areas and some things, and that we need to we need to come to recognition with that it's easier for us to blame, but the future that God has for us comes when we recognize that this is this is the part that we play. And what is the part that we play? I, I want you to see here is. This is Adam, as he blames Eve, he says, God, it's the woman you gave me. She doesn't even have a name yet. It's the woman you gave me. The woman you gave me, she made me eat the fruit. But I want you to to, to recognize that Adam, instead of doing what he was supposed to do, is now in hiding. Are you walking in the fulfillment that God has for your life, or are you still in hiding? You know God has called you to walk in the light of his glory. I I want, if, If I can, let me ask you. Are you walking in the light of his glory, or are we just moving along in a place of complacency or allowing the blame to be, yeah, God, I really would, but you know how busy my schedule is? I really would want to walk in the greater purpose that you have for me, but you know how you know how much work I need to do? You know how busy I am in this, all the stuff I've got to do, everything, you know, and all the stuff that are meant to be blessings in our lives, we've now turned around and told God, nope, but you cursed me. God said it's not good for you to be alone, Adam, so I'm going to bless you. Because it's not good for you to be alone, I'm going to give you a blessing. And he brings Eve into his life. And now Adam takes what should have been a blessing and in that moment is now turning it around and has the potential to make it a curse. How many times have we allowed the things that God wants to be a blessing in our lives and now God wants to bless you with, he wants to bless us with with family. He wants to bless us with job. He wants to bless us with resources and we've allowed those things that ought to be a blessing to now be the reason for why we can't do what we ought to do and experience what God has for us because we're so busy. It's all that stuff you gave me, God. The stuff that should have been a blessing now becomes the weight and the burden. God, I would, but now I've got to go into hiding. Because I, 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 can't, I, I can't manage this or make it work, and so I've got a reason and a blame for whatever it might be that we're not taking hold of what God has for us. I would, but you know, you know the boss, what they expect of me. You know what'll happen. You know this circumstance, whatever it might be. But coming to a place of knowing what it is that we need to take responsibility of, take ownership for, if we don't take a hold of it, It'll take a hold of us and we'll remain in a place of hiding when we should be walking with God in the cool of the night. When we should be enjoying his presence, enjoying and walking with him, experiencing what it is that he has for us. As God has created Adam, he gives him this, this responsibility and why is it that God gives us one rule and that one rule is too hard for us to do and God only had a Small task for Adam. He's living in the garden uh, free of charge. He didn't have a mortgage on that garden. It's kind of nice. In fact, he didn't even have to work the ground. The Bible said that there was no growing of things. It just was supplied from the ground that it just it just worked the way God makes it to work. It's just like God. And Adam's responsibility was this. God says to him in, in, in Genesis 1, I think verse 28 uh, he says to him, Adam, this is your job. Your job is to be fruitful and to multiply and to rule the earth. In essence, you're supposed to be with your wife, have babies, give them names, and rule over the whole place. I think you got this, Adam. You got this. He gives him another job, and it's not really much of a, it, it goes with it. He says in, in Genesis 2, he says this, that God created animals, and he brought them to Adam to see what Adam would name them. This was Adam's job to give name. I mean, I think he should be able to handle this. Adam, what is your job? Your job is to be with your wife, have children, and name the animals. Even give the kids a name, put names to things. You got this, Adam. You can do it. It reminds me, of, in fact, our planning meeting, uh, uh, someone on the team said it, it reminded them of some of the memes they've seen on social media, like you've only got this one job, don't mess it up, I mean, it's this one job, have you seen some of these, I mean, here's one of them that we, that we found, you only have, it's one job, man, come on, you can do this, you just have one job, this is it, uh, come on, you, you, you can do this, here's another one, it's just, just one job, man, come on, just, just do this, don't. Don't mess this up, man. You can handle this. This is, this is all right. It, it, there's just one more here. It's only one job. I don't know if you can read it, but it's only 78 cents for the long yellow things. That's what it says, the, the long yellow things. You're supposed to give it a name. You just got one job. You, you've just got one job. And instead of doing the job that you're supposed to do, here's what Adam did. Adam traded his job for naming, for blaming. You get stuck blaming, it will keep you from naming. When you blame, you'll never be able to do what you're meant to do to give name to things. When you name something, it gives purpose, it sets it in motion, and it allows something to develop. And how many times are we looking for someone to blame, and all the while we're blaming and staying in the rut of where we've been and taking one issue from one relationship to another relationship, from one season to another season, from one issue to another issue, that we just keep repeating and allowing these things to cycle because we convince ourselves that it's not my fault. It's someone else's fault. It's someone else's fault. Someone else is to blame. Someone else has the responsibility. But if we're not able to take the responsibility, we'll not be able to take hold of what God has for us. Would you agree with that today? That until we take responsibility, we cannot take hold of what God has for us. I want to give you three things today. I'm gonna talk these through, but here it is of what we need to do. If, if we're gonna recognize we have no one to blame, if we're gonna walk and make sure that we deal with what we need to deal with to take hold of the purpose that God has for us. Number one is this, that we have to recall it. We have to recall it and recognize it in our life, what it is that God is wanting to, wanting to do, that we've gotta recall the, the, the thing of, of what God wants to bring about in our lives. Here, here's number one, this recall it. You see, because every time you begin to tell a story, you tend to tell your version of the story. You know, every time you begin to say why you didn't do or why this this went wrong or what happened, you tend to tell the story, but you only tell your version of the story. Would, Would you agree with that? That it sounds a lot easier whenever we just make it a part of what that story is that's our version of it. That you know what it's like to be able to say, well, then this occurred and that occurred. God's talking to Adam and he says to Adam, he says, did you eat of the tree that I told you not to eat? The woman that you gave me. Do you know what? Adam was telling the truth. The only problem was it was his version of the truth. Oh, it's the truth. The woman that you gave me brought me the fruit and she told me to eat it. That's true. But you left out the part where you could, have re, you could have abstained or you could have said no. You could have said we're not supposed to do that. You could have taken responsibility, but you neglected to take responsibility at that point. And how many know it just doesn't sound that good when you say to God, God, the woman that you gave me brought me fruit. And instead of me saying no, I just went along with it. No, leave that part out. Leave that part out of the story. Let's just tell the part where, well, she did that, and then you gave her, and that happened. That's I'm the innocent bystander. I, it's not my fault. I just—I'm just the result of other people's choices, and other people did this thing around me, and so I can't—couldn't help it. And we get lost in our version of the story, and we tell the the part that is ours, but recognizing that in in our story that we've got to come to the truth, that we will not walk in the truth of our future if we remain hiding in the faults of our past. If we remain hiding, you're never going to walk in the clarity, in in the hope of the future if we remain hiding and not taking ownership of what it is. Number one, we need to recall it. Recall the whole story, not just your version, not just the part that that plays to your benefit because it's a lot easier when we tell people our story. Well, you know, I really had a rough relationship and everything that's wrong with it and here's all the stuff that's wrong with it. Oh, I forgot to tell you the decisions I made and the lies that I told and the stuff that I did. I forgot to tell that part. This is the part I want you to hear because this is the part that makes me feel okay. This is the part that justifies me for doing what I'm doing. By the way, I don't really wanna get help. I just wanna make sure I'm doing better than they are. I really don't want to deal with the issue. It's like the, the man, the Pharisee, standing on this side of the hill and his prayer to the Lord was, God, I thank you. His prayer was not, Lord, I thank you that you're so holy. I thank you that you're so wonderful. I thank you that there's no one like you. This is his prayer. God, I thank you I'm not like him. God, I thank you I'm not like a sinner like that person. How many times is that what we do at The Blame, that instead of acknowledging God and allowing the light of His glory, His holiness, to recognize and to bring about the the version that we need to recognize inside of us, the stuff that we need to, to see, it's easier to say, well, at least I'm not like that. Because we make our goal not solution, but comparison. Our goal is not really to walk in healing sometimes. Our goal is to just make sure we're a heel ahead of someone else. We don't walk in healing. I just want to make sure I'm a step ahead of somebody else. I just want to make sure I'm above that person. That in, I don't want to really fix the problem. I just want to make sure they know they're more of the problem. I don't really want to deal with the issue. I just want them to know that they've got the bigger issue than I've got. And we sometimes justify the comparisons. But this today is recognizing, do you know what part you have to play in that circumstance, in that situation? Number one is recall it, not your version, but the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help you, God, because if you don't look at the truth, he can't help you. If you don't address the truth, he can't help you. Here's number two. Number one is recall it. Number two is own it. And number three is name it. Let me talk about own it. You've got to own it. Whenever you take ownership of something, you, 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 you make it a part of bringing it into light, that you allow the owning the part of the past that allows you to walk into a clearer future, that you become taking ownership of it and bring it from hiding into the light. Here's how we try to resist taking ownership, and that is we don't take ownership of our issues because we let our emotions take ownership of us. Instead of being able to deal with our issues, we give way to emotions. Here's how you'll know you're not taking control or not taking ownership of your issues. It doesn't matter if your emotion is to cry or your emotion is to ang- is anger. It doesn't matter what outburst it is. But the moment we become so emotional is the moment we put the guard up and we say we're not able to deal with it because emotions cause you to be to back off. I don't want to come and reason together. I'm putting up this blockade, and if I get emotional, and here's what it is, someone can control it with anger. And if th- they get angry enough, this person who wants to deal with an issue, they can never deal with it because that person just gets angry and the moment that person gets angry, that person is forced to back off because you can't poke the bear, you can't make any worse and so the way we don't ever get, the way we get away from dealing with the issue is I just cause my emotion. The same way is one side anger, the other is crying. That you can come into a relationship or into conversation and you can get so emotionally worked up and when you get emotionally worked up, you begin to cry. How many know if you're trying to reason with somebody and trying to talk but the moment the emotions take over the moment the emotions happen it now builds a wall and it's like we can't deal with the real issue because the emotions have become the issue to cover up what the real issue is and so because I'm emotional I'm just going to stay in my place of hiding and not really deal with what I have to deal with and if you know a person that's angry or a person that's emotional is a person who probably does not know how to take ownership of their responsibilities. A person who is prone to emotions and emotions out of control does not know how to take ownership of what is their part of the the issue. And the way I don't have to take ownership of it is if I get emotional enough, it'll cause you to back off because you'll just keep pushing me and pushing me and pushing me. And what I'm doing is I'm letting my emotions control me rather than really deal with the issue that's at hand. I know this is real and hard. And I know there's room for emotions, but sometimes I want to guard. I want us to be guarded because I know there's some of you could be sitting here right now and say, Jason, I get to those emotional places because my issue is 70 or 25% and their issue is 70, or 75%. Mine's only 25%. My issue is so small, theirs is so big. But if you don't take control of your small part, it doesn't matter how big theirs is because did you not remember how powerful a seed is to able to change something? Because what is it that when you make the decision that you won't take care of your 25% because they're 75%? is much worse than you're 25. Oh, all of a sudden now you become God making the rules of what's just and what's right. Now you become the deciding factor. Rather than being ruled by God, you now try to take the position of God and rule whether or not something is worth your responsibility. You don't get to pick and choose when you're gonna be responsible and when you're gonna take responsibility for those things that we need to take responsibility for. If we don't, we'll always remain in a place of circling the runway and never launch into what God has for us. What part do you play? I know when I try to look at things in my life and identify the part that I play, where we first go to, wouldn't it be so nice if you started a conversation that you may have had disagreement in? When was the last time you started the conversation this way? Hey, I know we have some disagreement and here's the part that I own in what's going on. We don't usually start that way. We usually start with, hey, remember when you, remember when you did, remember when, and when you did that, and when you, and it always, we bring back the stuff, and we never allow there to be a right here, in this moment, dealing with the realities of what, or the, 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 the truth of what needs to be hit now, because rather than dealing with the truth of the moment, we rather just let the emotions become overwhelming and take over, and we never deal with what we need to deal with. I don't know what part you need to circle and say, This is my responsibility. This is the part that I played in my finances. Right now, my finances are in this situation, this circumstance. You've got to reach a point that you quit saying, Well, I had to go to school and the school loans got to this place. Quit blaming it on the school loans. Quit blaming your financial situation on the car that broke down on the things that occurred, the stuff that happened, and something the moment you have something else depended on is the moment you remove the responsibility from yourself to say, I need to do something different. But we don't want the pressure of needing to do something different. We just want things to be different around us without addressing what needs to be different about us. What is it that we've said, I'm in this situation, my marriage is in this situation because of this, my, 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 my family is in this situation because of that, my, whatever those things might be, that when you have the ability, there's something that you can do about it, and if you're not doing anything about it, then you're saying to God, I would rather just hide in the trees you made than to rise to a place and have the purpose you've made me for. I'd rather hide in what you made rather than accomplish what you made me for. I'd rather stay in what you've made. I'll hide in the trees of where I am and make every excuse and I'd rather just stay blaming but never walk into the purpose of naming those things that God has set us up for what he's called us to walk into. What do you need to circle today? What is it that you need to identify? And I know, I get it. I know It wasn't all your fault. But some of it is. And until you know what it is, you'll never really deal with the issue at hand. You'll always skirt around it, and you'll always just live in the trees of hiding rather than in the purpose to which God has called you for. Does that make sense? I don't know what it is for you, whether it be finances, whether it be relationship, whether it be decisions. I don't know what that might be. But being able to say, no, this is what I need to take ownership of. Let me give you the last thing. last thing is this. We've got to name it. You, you've got to come. We've got to come to a place that we, that we recognize this in our lives, that we own it. But here's what we do. We have to name it. And when you, when you name it, it's setting things in motion. When you give name to something, you speak purpose into that circumstance and that situation. I am. Um, I find it interesting when you go places and uh, you know someone's history and then you find out where they live and they live on a road that was named after one of their family members somewhere down the line. Anybody know what I'm talking about? There are these roads that are made and and I look at that and I think, you know, someone made a way and made a road and now that name became something more. In fact, I I know there was a family one time that had a farmhouse and, and the farmhouse was run down it had had its years about it, had come to that point. And I've seen farmhouses that, as I travel, and I'm sure you've seen it, some of them have been there so long and, and they've just been let go and, and now there's all this property around it and just a house falling apart, right? And it's just falling apart. But then I've seen other places where you can tell there's a farmhouse and that farmhouse is there and it looks a lot older than the other buildings around it. You can tell that farm has a different... Look, then the other buildings, and it could have become an old let-go, run-down barn with just empty land around it, but someone had vision and began to make roads and began to make way and began to name things. In fact, there are names that we have around us because someone had either belonged to them or they developed or something happened and they gave name to something going on. I wonder how many times there might be circumstances and things in our lives that we say I live in this house and this house is falling apart and I've got all this stuff that's falling apart around me and you see what's falling apart when God says don't look at what's falling apart. I want you to see what I'm yet to do in your life and begin to name things that aren't there right now. Begin to name things. Don't Your, your marriage is not in destruction or your marriage is not at its last leg. Begin to see God this is the marriage from which you're going to cause new life. That your life's going to come forth. That you're going to cause us to come to recognition that this is a circumstance that isn't going to take me under. This is the opportunity for me to see your power and your majesty at work in my life. Begin to call those things that are not as though they were. Begin to speak in faith. Don't stay in your hiding. Well you know why things are always like this. You know why it doesn't work. You know what you always do. I've, I I want to encourage you. Quit having the conversation with somebody and let these words never come from your mouth again. You always do this. The moment you say, you always, you're saying I just want to stay in the trees of hiding I don't want to give name to I don't want to own it I don't want to call it out I don't want to call it for what it is I don't want to give it a name I remember one time as a youth pastor was with a group of students hanging out in a a camping setting don't ask me why I did that I don't think camping is of the Lord it's a it's not my thing I remember the rustling of things going on and The students, are a couple of them are are sleeping and it's it's a camping trip that we did. And I I remember shining the light because I heard this noise and as I was shining the light, this noise, I'm thinking to myself, you know, maybe it's a cat. I'm glad I got my flashlight out because it wasn't a cat, it was a skunk. It's a lot different when you think it's a cat and some of us, we're leaving the lights off and just staying in our hiding. And we're pretending like, you know, it's just a cat. It's no big deal. No, no big deal. All the while, you're, you're staying in the woods with something that's going to stink the rest of your life up. It's going to cause your future to stink. Your marriage to stink. The decisions you make to stink. All because you're not willing to let the light Shine and let truth be revealed. Because rather than letting the light, you know, if I shine the light, I mean, I shine the light. Oh, what do you know right there? Yep, right there. There's a watermark from a leak that we had. I mean, I don't like we're not proud of that, but it's like, hey, just turn the light off. You'll never see it. Just turn the light off. Let's not deal with it. Let's just set the atmosphere. Let's not, let's not, let's not get to the place of, real issues and things. Let's just let the emotions take over and let's just call the line and let's not really get to the heart of the issue because I don't want to take ownership of it. I just want to hide in God's trees he made rather than be for the purpose he made me for. I'd rather just use him. Just rather use it to my advantage and God says, no, I've got something for you, but you'll never know unless you let the ground be cultivated. You see, you can either turn your field into a battlefield or a wheat field. They both require dying. See, unless a kernel of wheat falls into the ground and is buried, it remains a single seed. But if it falls into the ground and is buried, it produces much more. See, dying is in both places. I know we said last week, we look for the win-win. No, It's never a win-win. It just comes whether we determine it's worth it. And you have to determine in your life, is it worth you allowing the light to shine on you and say, you know what? Man, I do need to deal with that. I do need to deal with that. But some of us, we've justified our lying because, well, do you know what they do? And we justify our hiding, our lying, our, 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 our whatever we do. And all the while, we're living in our own version of our own truth. Truth according to me. I, 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 I get caught up in as long as I can control the circumstance and here's what controlling the circumstance is I'll only tell you the truth I want you to know because if I tell you the whole truth it will hold me accountable and I don't want to be held accountable so I'd rather just tell you the truth I want you to know because the truth I want you to know lets me be in control and if I'm in control then everything's going the way I want it to go now before you think yeah I sure hope so and so hears this what have we allowed in our lives that we have taken control over? We've missed and we've got to come to a place, are you brave enough? I, this takes guts. Especially us men. We're men. We call the shots. We get to make this, we're the house, the head of the house. Well, be careful before you think you've got authority being the head of the house. That is a most holy and sacred place and if we don't know how to do it under the headship of Jesus Christ we're a danger to ourselves and anybody else around us if we don't know who we are in Christ to know who we are in Christ that this responsibility that he's given us we have this responsibility what is it that we need to allow and say this is my part I get it. You might be saying, well, Jason, my part's only 10%. I didn't ask you the, the, the equation. I didn't ask you the percentage. I didn't ask you what it is. It's coming to say, God, here's the part that I need to take ownership of. This is what I need to take responsibility for because I've been staying in a place of blaming when I should have been naming. Notice in Genesis 3, verse 20. After all this occurs, it gets to verse 20. Look what it says now. In Adam, then Adam gave a name to his wife, Eve. You know what he did? She went from being that woman that made me eat the fruit to now being Eve, the one through whom life, the beginning of life comes from. He went from blaming her to now giving a name. How about your circumstance? Rather than blaming your circumstance, blaming that thing in your life, begin to name it something and say, God, I thank you that you're using this to cause me to be more of a conqueror. You're using this to train me and to teach me. You're equipping me. This is the work of God that you're working through in my life that I'm allowing you. Begin to name those things. Rather than giving the enemy authority and giving the the enemy uh, the, the power, begin to call those things of God by faith and take authority in Jesus' name I don't know if you need to hear this this morning, but you don't need anything else except Jesus' blood on the cross and His resurrection. In Him, you have all the authority that you need. You don't need anything else. He doesn't have have to do anything more. He doesn't have to come back to give us authority. He already gave us authority in His name. His name is enough that in his name that we have the authority that we need and so why are we hiding and blaming when God says I've made you for so much more get back to your job you've only got this job begin to name those things around you and call those things give purpose say God you're bringing life you're bringing hope you're bringing healing you're bringing bringing fruit in this circumstance in this situation are you willing to shed the light say God I'm going to take ownership how many would say today, there's something, I didn't ask you the percentage, but you say today, there's something I need to take ownership of in my life. I need to take on, I need to own it. If that's you today, just raise your hand right where you are. You say, you know, I need to own it. 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 Marriages would be made stronger when you start to own it. Relationships will be made stronger when you start to own it. Futures become brighter when you start to own it. Finances become more in order when you begin to own it, when you take ownership of what it is. How do you get out of the dark? Shine the light. And the light of His Word. It's the light of His Word that will never fade. The light that will never lead you in any place other than His truth. I know it takes guts, but are you willing to do it? Are you willing to take ownership? Are you willing to take ownership of your part? Say, God, I want the purpose that you have for me, and I'll never take hold of the purpose that you have for me until I take ownership of those things that I've walked into, those things i allow. I'm no longer going to call her the woman that made me eat the fruit. She's Eve, the one through whom life is coming. Get back to doing your naming thing. Get back to calling those things that are of God. Get back to doing the purpose that God has in your life. Amen? If you believe that today, would you stand on your feet this, this morning? We're going to sing this song. Would you just make this your response before God? I don't know what you need to circle today. But I want you to see it in your mind already. There's something you need to circle. There's lies that you've been telling yourself. You need to circle it. There's things that you've been justifying. You need to circle it. Say, I need to to take ownership of this. There's decisions that you're making. You need to take ownership of it.